Episode 6 of Parked Up. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm the media manager for the Australian Racing Group and I'm joined every week, at least for the last six weeks, with Tony Dalberto, TCR Australia, Honda driver, runner-up. Tony, <laughs> yeah, so many accolades oh, in your career. God. We could go through them all, mm. but that would that would require its own podcast. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us and how you doing? I'm good. I've had a really good week this week. The weather's been nice, which has been good. It's just a shame we can't really enjoy it. No, but at least when you're restricted in what you, you can do, at least the, if the weather's nice, uh, it makes you feel a bit better about life. But I've had some really good news this week, Grant. Oh, this is this is exciting. Is it a better news than the car sales ARG eSport Cup running oh. faultlessly? Well, that was a highlight as well this week. So it's a, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. No, this week, now some people might remember, I actually had a helmet of mine stolen. My 2017 Bathurst podium helmet. Bastards. Bastards. So I'll, I'll run you through the story very quickly. I was using it for driver training one day and I got home in a hurry. I left it in my car and unfortunately my car got robbed that night. So I had my race gear and everything in there. Uh, I even had my wallet in the car as well. So the whole car got stolen? Car no, no, gone. not the car. They just like jimmied the door and got in there and ransacked the car. Uh, and one of the items that they took besides my wallet, which was a, just a pain in the ass really, uh, was this helmet. And I was absolutely devastated because it meant so much to me. Uh, probably a career highlight for me getting on the podium at Bathurst with Fabian Coulthard and the DJR Team Penske team. That was an incredible day. So I had this, you know, memento other than the trophy and now it was gone. And I thought, well, they're not going to be able to sell it. You know, if these people don't want it, they're probably going to chuck it out. They don't, they don't uh, know the significance of it. Anyway, this was in 2018, this happened. And this week, uh, a guy on Instagram sent me a private message and said, hey, I think I've got something that, that belongs to you. I think it's uh, your helmet. Cool. Yeah, and straight away, I, uh, you know, the ears pricked up and I thought, oh, come on, it can't be. It really can't be. So I said, oh, really, where'd you find that? You know, send me some photos because I just didn't believe, believe the guy. I didn't know him at all. So I sort of scrolled through his Instagram and tried to find him on Facebook to see, you know, what sort of person he, he looked like he was. Full stalker. I did stalk him, yep. Um, and he looked like just a totally genuine bloke. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this has uh, got legs. And, uh, yeah, he sent me some photos of it. And then I went and picked it up on Monday. And the helmet is in pristine condition. No scratches, nothing. So I'm absolutely wrapped to get that helmet back. And like I said, I thought I'd never, ever see the day that I saw that helmet. Yeah, that's that's a really nice story, and not many times do we hear about good endings to those bad, mm. ugly, disgusting acts. Mm. So, I, I guess there's probably a thousand questions we'd like to ask, you know, about that guy, yeah. where he got it from, and mm. and how it all came about. And I'm sure you have asked him uh, how much. How much do you want to tell about that? Well, he he didn't give me a huge amount, but. When I met him, I could tell straight away that he would not be the type of person that would have stolen anything from another human being. He, he would just look like a really genuine guy. And look, he, he, didn't, he could have chucked the helmet away. You know, he, he didn't have to get in contact. 
Um, he told me that he had a housemate that lived with him uh, that had uh, basically moved out and left some stuff in the garage. He owed him some money and he'd left this stuff and, and part of it was the helmet, but uh, the other stuff that he left was actually Ford memorabilia. So I'm not even sure whether the other guy that uh, had the that used to live there uh, bought it off somebody else or whether he stole it, I have no idea. But to be honest, I just, I really don't care. You know, I've got the helmet back and that's the most important bit. Excellent. There are some honest souls in this world. And, yeah. And that is, that is an excellent news story. Yeah, I did reward him though. I, I said, look, mate, I'm really, really appreciative. Like, what do you drink? And he's a big uh, CC fan. So I got him a whole heap of CCs. So cost me an arm and a, a leg three, but a I, three pack no no i got i got one of those cube packs you know and it was like 85 bucks or something but uh it was well worth it and he hopefully this weekend he can have a few drinks and uh you know be happy with himself that he's done a good deed because he could see how much it meant to me well that is really good an, an excellent story and where does the helmet live now it's uh on the shelf with my other dj helmets and all my helmets over the years i've kept most of them uh, so it's in the, the pool room, so to speak, uh, but it looks really good. So all my helmets from the years that I've been with DJR, they're, they're all together again. Uh, so yeah, it's really nice to have it back. So it's been a great week. It is. Actually, let me ask, before we get into the rest of the week, helmets are obviously like one of the really key parts for a race driver. What's the oldest helmet that you have left in your collection? I would have, uh, I've got some of my go-kart helmets. And when I first started karting, my dad never let me actually get my helmet painted, which at the time, everyone was getting their helmets painted. So I actually stood out because my helmet was white. Oh, you had the egg. Yeah, I had the egg. So, uh, but no, I, I did eventually get it painted. My first helmet I got painted was by Jason Varley, who's a ex-race uh, driver and mm. go-karter. And yeah, I used to race against Jason yeah. back in the day. Well, I mean, he was at the very front. And yeah, I was, very um, good go-karter. I was yep. making up some positions from about 10th back. Yeah. So he's got a business called Sick FX and he painted my first helmet. So that one's quite special because uh, uh, holds a lot of memories when I was younger. But yeah, the design of the helmet is quite significant because it's sort of a bit of a personal touch uh, for the driver. Um, but when, with DJR, they've sort of got a different philosophy with driver's helmets. Generally, you might uh, leave a couple of spots on the helmet for, for their team sponsors. Um, but with DJR, it's actually almost reversed. They give the drivers two spots on the helmet for our personal sponsors. And basically the rest of the helmet they own. So your design sort of has to fit around what sponsors they want to put on the helmet. So obviously you've got Shell on the side, on the front. We've got PPG, we've got Pertec, we've got all the sponsors uh, that they've done an agreement with to be on the driver's helmet. So it does sort of change this, the look of the helmet a little bit. So my, my design has changed quite a bit from when I first started, but you can still see the general sort of evolution of my designs. Yeah, great. Okay, so when you race your Honda TCR car, mm. do you use exactly the same helmet that you use for DJR Team Penske? That's a good question because I did last year, but this year I've decommissioned an older helmet and i've put honda all over it so oh, factory yeah factory looks, honda helmet it looks really good it's uh, obviously white and red uh, it's got some chrome on it and it really suits my new suit that i have which is all honda factory Ooh, look as well we haven't seen any no, pictures of that yet no so i'm a bit disappointed that i haven't been able to wear it yet 
Well, maybe when we get you out of the commentary box for the ARG Esport Cup and into the simulator, we might be able to do some video or some other stuff and you might be yeah, able for to sure. reveal the look of your... For sure, I'm busting. Hondi- I'm Hondi- busting to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not be too long before we go racing. There's other sports that are now starting to get really, really planned for a return to, to some sort of sport. We've seen Australia in particular do a fantastic job with yeah. uh, dealing with the virus. So... We not, might not be able to compete in front of large crowds. We might not be able to actually be in large crowds for quite some time. But it looks like the great work of the Australian public, our our leaders, the, the government and you know all the people that we work with and managing the social distancing and cleanliness and, and all of those things, uh, we've, we haven't defeated it. There's a long way to go. I'm certainly no, I'm no doctor, yeah. but uh, you know, it looks like we're well and truly on the right path to getting some things back going. You know, I've, I'm not really one for going to a restaurant or anything like that. I do enjoy it for sure, yeah. but I'm really hanging to go to my favourite yeah. pizza joint oh, for and sure. sit down and and uh, enjoy a meal with my family away from yeah. my one that you don't ki- have to cook yeah <laughs> my kitchen table and my lounge room it's uh, it's become the norm over the past month and a bit it'd be nice to go somewhere else and 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 have a meal yeah for sure i mean steph uh, my wife is an extremely good cook so i i can't uh, say that i've been eating two-minute noodles or anything like that. They've been lovely meals, but... Uh, I mean, I can't even come to your house and enjoy exactly. some of Steph's cooking. Exactly. I've just been hogging her the whole time. Uh, but haven't we done a good job? You know, really, uh, Australia's done a fantastic job to get into the position where they are now. When you compare them to other countries that are really in a bad way, we've done such a good job in such a quick time that it almost feels like we're under control. And hopefully people don't start to just relax and then we, we have a bit of a, a relapse. Um, that I suppose that's the fear and that's why I suppose we're not you know reducing some of the restrictions and all that sort of stuff and I'm obviously no expert whatsoever but it feels like it's calmed down quite a bit so that's exciting but I wanted to talk to you Go. about our Whatever car sales ARG eSport Cup this week mm, yeah awesome. unbelievable it was yeah it, it was, was really good. good well actually the broadcast went uh, perfectly well sorry it went uh, as 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 it probably should have done from from the very start. For but sure. the racing was good. We introduced the Formula 3 cars for the first time. Monza was always going to be a struggle down at that first turn. We saw, yep. saw it with supercars having uh, some some big prangs down there yep. in, in their, in their in series. Life, you see Formula, I remember Formula 1 race years ago and Luizzi come from like, you know, 30 spots back. And you're took you're out, a former teammate. Yeah, he, he took out like half the field, you know, put a wheel in the dirt and couldn't control the car and it's just typical of that style of corner so uh we saw some great racing though i thought it was was really good but for me the highlight was the broadcast because we've struggled so much with it haven't we yeah and to finally have one that just seemed to go well and to get some positive feedback has been really really nice because as we mentioned each week we've been putting a lot of work and you especially grant i mean you're not the the you know full responsibility behind the whole thing but you're working really hard to, to bring it all together and when it doesn't happen it is it's gut-wrenching for everybody but in particularly you at you because you feel responsible so to see it go really well i was absolutely stoked yeah thank you no it was good um and you know i left there and made about four phone calls to work out how we tune it up even even better but certainly looking forward to the next round next thursday 
8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time in Spain, in Barcelona. Another great Formula One track, steeped in history and another good place to use the Formula 3 open wheel cars, which is a bit of a tip of the hat to our S5000 combatants. And there were a couple of notable improvements from Australian racers who have open wheel experience. So John Martin finished third in the first race, so that was a really good result. He races... For the TCR Honda Wall Racing Team yep, at the he's moment, my team, mate. but he's done thousands and thousands of miles yep. in open wheel cars. LMP three, LMP two, like yep. he, he's been an international star in his own right, and he sort of came into his own last night, didn't he? He finished in the podium, and we didn't unfortunately get to have a chat to him because he's having some errors uh, with his headset. But uh, that was great because he sort of struggled to stay out of trouble, and I think that's what a lot of the drivers are finding. It's uh, it's all good to be quick. And quick enough to get a result, but you know you're getting taken out by other people, and you know you you struggle to get that result that you deserve sometimes. Yeah, we also saw Tom Randall, who was admittedly quite good in the Audi car that we had been using in the first couple of rounds, but uh, he was he was right up the front. Tim Macro, who I guess had struggled a little bit with the Audi, he he ran right inside that top bunch as well. Uh, so. Yeah, it was good to see a little bit of a, a mix. Mm. We saw Ash Sutton, who's dominated in the Audi and had a real struggle. He did have a struggle, but if you look at the lap times, he actually set the fastest lap of the race in that second race by a country mile. So he had plenty of pace on board, but he didn't get to show it in qualifying. That put him back for the first race, and he never really sort of recovered enough. Harley Haber, though, he was an absolute star last night. Second round in a row, and he's leading the championship now. So six rounds to go in the car sales ARG eSport Cup. Lots to play for. Mm-hmm. Harley Haber has a big lead, but anything can happen. So let's get on to, with today's episode. We've got uh, three special guests to talk to, like we always do. There is one other thing that I, we should mention just before we talk to our guests. We're going to run our very first competition, and we'll give all the details at the very end. Mm-hmm. It means that you have to listen to the entire episode to find out how you can win. It's like what um, Woolworths and Coles do. They put all the important stuff right at the back of the shop. So you've got to pass all, <laughs> all of those other things to, to before you get to the milk and You realise people stuff. just like fast forward to the end so they can get to the good stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, we'll give away some, we'll give away some, uh, we'll give away some free stuff. So This is, is exciting. I like free stuff. Free stuff Can is Can I win cool. it too? Or well, am I? You've got I a helmet. You've already got one thing for oh, this yeah, week, okay? True, That's true. enough. Yeah, okay. Right, so the theme for this week is females. Do you like females, Tony? I do like females. Yes, yes. so do I. And we haven't actually spoken to... That sounds really creepy, by the way. It is, it's a bit creepy, and it's sexist that we haven't actually spoken to a female guest, but we do like females. It's, it's almost wrong of us, because we had, we've had 18 guests on the show... All blokes. <laughs> we're we're you know we're we, going to hell. Yeah, that's why. If that's a thing, we're going there. That's why today we need to set the record straight, do the right thing, and we've got some really really great guests to come on the show. Yep. Leanne Tander. Yep. So wife of Garth Tander, your best mate. Yep. Guy that you love and number would one draft talk pick. about his uh, accomplishments, but she in her own right, has achieved so much in motorsport, and we're going to touch on that today. We've got Molly Taylor, Australian rally champion, also raced TCR last year, and I think she might even have a little announcement today. Is this going to be another exclusive today? Oh, you know we're the new newsbreakers (laughs) in the sport. 
And then to follow Molly, we're going to have one of my friends, uh, Naomi Rebusini. Uh, she is the PR manager for Honda Australia. She's been really pivotal in getting Honda involved in TCR. Uh, so she worked really hard last year to convince them that it was a good thing. And I uh, do owe her quite a lot. So it's going to be great to have a chat to her. So this is the payback? This is the payback here to come on to our magnificent show. It's going to be interesting to talk to her, obviously, uh, to see why Honda got involved with TCR but also to see how Honda's going. Obviously, there's a big change at the moment in the landscape of car sales, and you know there's been a lot of changes within Honda, so we'll get the lowdown from Naomi. Brilliant. Okay, uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's go with Molly first. Get her on the phone. And our first guest for this episode of Parked Up is a former Australian rally champion and TCR Australia driver, Molly Taylor. Molly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Molly, we are parked up and uh, going through some difficult times. So just tell us a little bit about your COVID-19 journey and, and how you've been dealing with it. Yeah, well, I was actually in Zealand when it all, um, all the travel restrictions started to come in. So um, the, the trip I was on obviously got uh, shortened and we came home and then I had two weeks of uh, self-isolation. Um, and then by the time that two weeks was over, everyone's pretty much was, was doing the same thing. We got to be able to go out for a run or go to a supermarket. But that was that was all that changed. Um, yeah. So obviously from the event side and, and travel like you guys were always um, traveling every week. So that's mm. uh, I think it's the first time since I can actually remember that I've ever had a routine, which has been a bit novel. I'm the same, actually. I absolutely agree with that every day. It's not like, you know, Groundhog Day, but. You know, you do uh, the first time ever have a routine. I think my wife said it was yeah. it's the most amount of time that I've actually spent at home with her since we've been married. So you're probably the oh, same. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we don't play card games. And, you know, there's even like a TV show at 7.30 that we watch every night. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> now, Molly, I've been... Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's obviously not ideal, but, but um, yeah, we're, also, we're still having a good time. I've, I've been, I won't say stalking you on Facebook, I've been uh, <laughs> following you on Facebook. And uh, look, a lot of us are probably in the same boat where we've got a little bit more time to do a bit more exercise. Now, it looks like you've set your house up <laughs> with uh, monkey bars and all sorts of stuff. You always seem to be pretty active riding your bike and all that sort of stuff. Uh, have you ramped up the fitness now you've got a bit more time? Yeah, well, I've had more time to train. So, um, yeah, I've been able to train uh, sometimes twice a day. Um, my level of soreness though has been uh, <laughs> hindering me lately um but yeah we uh, we actually just bought a house um just before i i went away to new zealand and and then the covid thing happened so we'd had uh, maybe three or four days in the, in the new place so having two weeks at home to um to unpack everything was was actually really great and then because it's our own house and been renting since forever i can drill holes in stuff so then i went a bit mad and <laughs> drilling holes and bolting bars everywhere because because i can um and yeah we, we've got our little uh, gym set up it's going to be weird going back to an actual gym now we quite like um hanging out here yeah so pre-virus we were uh, we were all going car racing and it seems like forever ago we were doing that yeah. um it, it wasn't that long ago that circuit racing wasn't really on your radar and and uh your world was all about Racing on the dirt, racing in rallies, winning the Australian Rally Championship, going overseas and doing some stuff over there. Just um, 
your take on your your rally career, which I don't want to say is is over, but um, it, it certainly looked like you know you, you could have put some focus in more into the circuit racing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I um, obviously rallying has been all that I've done since I started competing um, and having the opportunity to be part of the Subaru team, which is um, you know one of the the most well-known brands associated with rallying. So it's kind of, you know, as a child, it's, it's one of those iconic brands, like a bit like Ferrari and Formula One. So um, to be part of that program has just been awesome. And obviously to win the championship, which has been a, a career goal and been trying to uh, win another one and, and still would like to do that. But that's um, that's been proven a bit difficult of late. But uh, when I got the opportunity to do the TCR as well as the rally last year, um, it was something I... Didn't know much about um, well, had, having no experience from that side, but also, I mean, it's not every day you get offered an opportunity like that. So um, it was very daunting, but also really exciting. And, and the amount I learned last year um, was just incredible. And that or just learning new things and putting yourself in those scenarios, it, it translated to helping on the rally side as well. Um, and then just, yeah, just been a fantastic experience. Great, and uh, there's a little bit of news about the uh, about TCR and and uh, that stuff in your world as well. You may may not necessarily have been on the circuit, but I think you can tell us about some other stuff you're going to do. Yeah, so um, I will be when once we uh, get back uh, up and running. But um, part of the presenting team for TCR Australia um, this year and the most. Australia Championships, so in the pits, um, doing the pit lane reporting, which uh, I think will be a lot of fun. I think uh, it hopefully, will be. Hopefully people will tell me what's going on. <laughs> I'll have to try and, you know, go and, go and suss out and, and see, what, see what's really happening behind, uh, behind the garage doors. Molly, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Uh, any <laughs> goss, just come and see me. I've got plenty. Yeah. Uh, You'll be there, a source tells me, a reliable source. I will be a reliable source, that's for sure. Uh, A little bit of a different sort of thing for yourself. You know, it's going to, you'll be at the racetrack, but you won't actually be jumping in a race car. And I know last year doing the circuit stuff was really uh, out of your comfort zone. And as you sort of mentioned, you you learnt quite a bit. But is this maybe a new path that you're trying to head down you know, considering how tough it is to get the budget to go racing, whether it be in rally or on the circuit? Yeah, I mean, as, as you know, it, it all comes down to, to budget and, and sponsorship, and that's a very um, moving feast, and particularly in, in the environment where we're in now it's it's more like that than, than ever. So it's definitely not a, um, uh, a departure from rallying career and, and that, that still very much and I'm working on plans on that side of things but um, there was no uh, PCR racing um, opportunity this year so um, this to me is a fantastic experience again it's something that's completely new and and a bit in the deep end Um, and it's just you know being involved in the sport diversifying what my skills are and then growing what they can be and and you know down down the line I would like to think there's more opportunities um, you know, in the future, once you stop racing, to be able to still be involved in the sport in some way. So I don't want to get to the stage where I just drive and that's all I do and then I stop and then then have nothing um, because, like like you guys, this is the sport is our passion. So you still always want to be involved in it in some way and um, in behind the seat as long as that's possible, um, but then still in some way following that. Well, we're certainly looking forward to having you as part of the commentary team at the Shannon's 
Motorsport Australia Championships, but uh, let's not uh, wish away your racing career yet. What uh, what is the plans to get your your bum back into a seat when when the world starts behaving normally again? Yeah, well, it's all all been thrown up in in the air. I had a a, a number of things I was um, working towards uh, over January and February, and a couple of events overseas, and also some events here in Australia was the target and the plan, and it was all looking pretty good. And and now obviously everything's been put on pause and, and which events will come to fruition later in the year, whether the, the same partnership are still there, uh, who knows? So uh, very much the target is to do a couple of races overseas and here in Australia in the rally car, hopefully come on, this year. Come on, Molly, um, give us an exclusive. But, uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You'll be hearing soon. <laughs> yeah, so I will be sharing a bit more info about what those – grand plans were and, and hopefully still will be but um yeah i'm uh, i'm getting older but i'm hopefully uh, i'm oh, not as old as you come on come on i'm still racing so there's lots of hope out there no it would be I a mean, shame if you can do it anyone can right <laughs> that oh no that's not that hurts <laughs> damn it i've got to be nice I've got to, um you're gonna give me any interviews in the pits now exactly yeah you're banned you're blacklisted <laughs> So you will be occupying some time in pit lane, uh, probably with the with the TCR crews. Who do you think is uh, the, the team and drivers to look out for in the 2020 TCR Australia Series? Careful, oh God, well... careful. <laughs> um, yeah, like I thought you were going to say, you know, where, where am I going to be spending my time? And I was going to be saying whoever's got the best catering. Um, is where I'll be. So I'll see you there. <laughs> TBC on that. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, obviously um, the HMO customer racing and, and will um, with such a strong performance last year, you, you got to expect um, similar performance from him again this year, but um, you know, not. it's just, it's so close and, and it'd be um, great to see also Caruso um, with GRM and, um, and how that package goes as well. And, and, you know, can't discount uh Good old TD, can you? Yes. <laughs> he, he made it. We got there in the end. In Jesus. It took you a little while <laughs> to get there. You've got to build some suspense. I'm learning the tricks for TV, for good TV, and you, there's got to be a bit of suspense. Well, I was on the edge of my seat then. <laughs> so the one of the other exciting categories that we have as part of the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships is S5000. Now, I reckon if you spend enough time lurking around pit lane, you might be able to get yourself a little drive of one of those, maybe on a, one of those Friday afternoon sort of deals. What do you reckon? Oh, oh man, I think I was, I can't be allowed to swear on the podcast. I would be Definitely. very nervous. That's not swearing. <laughs> I reckon I would crap my, oh, they, I mean, they look fantastic and I would love to, but I would, would also probably crap myself a little bit. Okay, sounds messy. And we'll... <laughs> uh... I just lost that offer, didn't I? Get it gone. Molly Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. Next time we talk to you, hopefully we're racing. Hopefully you're racing. And looking forward to uh, seeing you do some uh, twists and twirls with those microphones running up and down pit lane <laughs> at uh, various racetracks around Australia. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. Yeah. Great to talk to Molly and great that we're going to get to work with her a whole bunch more in 2020 when we go racing we are going racing it's coming soon and i'm pretty sure she's going to be yeah pretty good behind the microphone oh without a doubt she presents very well 
Uh, and yeah, we saw her around the racetrack last year quite a bit with her helmet on. Uh, but it will be good to see her tackle a new challenge and uh, present the sport in a really good light. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, though, she can get back behind the wheel in some rally events as well. We will wait and see. She was kind of holding out on us there. I thought we were going to get the big Molly exclusive, but uh, no worries. So let's talk now to Naomi Rebeschini from Honda Australia. She is in charge of their public relations and a key part of getting your deal with wall racing across the line for TCR Australia. Let's talk to Naomi. And on the line, we have Naomi Rebeschini. She's the public relations manager at Honda Australia. Naomi, thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, a big few months for the world, a big few months for Honda Australia as well. Just tell mm. us from your point of view, the coronavirus story that that you've endured through your role at, at Honda Australia and, and, and how it's affected things. Yeah, look, it's been a crazy few months, really, for the whole world. It's been um, it's been fascinating watching it play out and scary all at the same time. But at the moment, we're all working from home as a company, and you know, every morning, my husband and I have the great debate about whose job's more important and who's <laughs> looking after the kids that day. So we've got homeschooling thrown in on top of working from home, which is a real treat. Uh, I think every teacher in the country after this will be much more valued by every parent. But um, For sure. yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, but Honda is built on challenging spirit. So we're all up for it and it's working pretty well. We've got a thousand Zoom calls and Skype meetings and all sorts of stuff going on, just making sure the wheels keep turning both at uh, the company and also out in dealer land and just making sure we're taking care of our customers as best we can uh, while we get through this crazy period. Certainly is crazy, as you mentioned there, but it sounds like it's pretty busy for yourself. You've got the kids there, you're still trying to work, you're still trying to manage uh, being a mum. There's a lot to juggle uh, and probably, like you said, you do uh, maybe value the teachers a little bit more going for, <laughs> forward. Yeah. Uh, has it been yeah, tricky sure. actually trying to work out, you know, what to teach, how to teach, you know, like how your kids actually <laughs> listen and uh, concentrate? Have you learned a few things? Yeah, yeah. We, look, we've learned a lot. I actually did homeschooling myself. Okay. I, I mean, I'm from central Queensland. So when I was, a, I don't know, 15 or something or other we we did a, a spate of homeschooling but this was before the internet so we had a massive satellite dish out in the backyard and we all had to jump on the two-way radio at different times and log on and do it so I've had a little bit of experience with homeschool and I thought I was gonna romp this in I thought this will be fine but my <laughs> god this is intense there is apps you've got to log into and you've got to photograph everything they do and fill it all out and send it back and make sure it's all right and the, the temptation to just cheat and do it yourself and photograph it and send it in is enormous but um my little boy is car obsessed so every time there is a counting activity or anything like that it's got to be done in cars so we've done a lot of car lineups and all that sort of gear and no it's it's good we're, we're you just got to do the best you can I mean I think if anyone thinks they're doing this season uh brilliantly good on you but I think uh a lot of us are just doing the best we can to get by and just make sure everyone's still still functioning at the end of all of this really it's a weird weird world now the reason we got you on the line today was because of your 
the relationship that you've forged with with Tony, with Wall Racing, and mm. the TCR Australia Series. Can you just tell us a little bit about why you got involved? Why you felt it was great for Honda to be involved in TCR Australia? Why, on God's name, did you go with Tony Delberto? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell us a little yep. bit about that. Yeah, look, TCR has been awesome. It really has. It's something that came out of the blue, I think, for the company. We um, we didn't have motorsport on our radar locally at all. Uh, and Tony, why we're working with Tony, look, there's a, there's a, a fair amount of um, he is just possibly the most persistent man in <laughs> motorsport <laughs> involved. Good. Can we just pause for a second uh, and just tell people how uh, I first, like I'm when I first met you, basically I got introduced and I literally twisted Naomi's arm that far around that uh, <laughs> she didn't want to do it to start with. And I had to keep ringing and she kept ignoring me and I kept <laughs> ringing and she kept ignoring me. And then finally... Oh, wow. Finally, we got to a stage and, and sort of a, a bit of an agreement where it worked for everybody. And it was like a very much a toe in the water. And I suppose the way that Honda operate, which is what I've, I've learned quite a bit about, very conservative company. So we had to do baby steps. And that's what mm. last year was all about. So Naomi helped me a lot in the background to sort of navigate my way through that bit there. So Naomi and Justin, uh, they've been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Look, all of that's true. You honestly, I had one of those alerts on that before you rang. Was like, do not answer, do not answer. It's Tony again. <laughs> no, it, it, it's hard work because we have a really, really special brand in Honda. It is just uh, an exceptional brand that it really gets in your blood. And racing is part of who Honda is. It's you know, very much a legacy of Honda and, and we've got it on the walls at work. Without racing, there is no Honda. So yes. it's always been with us, um, but it just hasn't been with us locally for a little while since we, we did rally a few years ago. So when it came along, the opportunity, we, we just weren't ready for it. But you put a very convincing case for it and we also knew what a special car we had in the Civic Type R. It's just a brilliant car it's... and it made sense for it to be in TCR. So it, it did. It took us a while. We are conservative. We're also an engineering-based company, so we've got to make sure we, we look at everything very carefully and, and scrutinise it and make sure it's going to work. And, and it has, thankfully. It's worked really well. It's a, a brilliant thing to be part of, and we're grateful that we got on board. It's, it's good fun. Yeah, well, the first time that we actually spoke, I pitched an idea about doing Australian production cars. So the theory was actually you know, purchase the Type R, and then uh, you know, put a cage in it and go racing. And that basically fell over because you guys weren't really sure of the engineering of the car and you're putting your mm. brand out there in front of people and you don't know really how it's going to go. So TCR is mm. a little bit different, obviously, with Jazz Motorsport, who are sort of the, uh, the, the guys that engineer all Honda's race cars, so whether it be mm. the NSX or the TCR car. Uh, they're the guys that uh, that do all that. So you got a bit of confidence there. It's a little bit of a different scenario. So we sort of ticked that box, um, mm. and then it was sort of going forward and, and seeing how the championship was actually going to come out. There's some not big claims, but there was you know we're going to do this, we're going <laughs> to do that. It's going to be amazing. And I remember the the conversations early in the piece was, is this actually going to go ahead? And I'm there going, mm. 
thinking, I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to yeah. go ahead. Uh, so we had yeah. a few moments like that early on. But as the year went on, you know, we, we obviously grew a, um, a great little relationship there. And then coming into 2020, we're all recommitted and ready to go. And, mm. and the uh, COVID-19 has hit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I will forever remember Grand Prix weekend this year as being COVID weekend because that's when everything sort of changed after that. But um, yeah, look, I really hope this season gets underway uh, sooner rather than later because we all want to see it in action again. It was so much fun last year and going to some of the races as well with uh, my family, took my kids along and it's just so accessible. Like that's what probably blew me away the most. I've I grew up around motorsport. We used to go, my dad used to take me to the drags and speedway and all that sort of palaver when we were younger. And so I've always uh, loved it. But this was just, you were, you guys were right there and the kids could see it so close. It was just brilliant and it was fun and everyone was supportive of each other. So it was good, fun racing. And you didn't know uh, who was going to, you know, be at the front at the end of it. It was brilliant. Great racing. Let me just take back there. What drag racing track did you go to in central Queensland? Oh, <laughs> no, no, central Queensland. I'm, I'm from, uh, <laughs> you would never have heard of the town. No one ever has, but it's it's two hours west of Mackay. So there used to be some tracks near Mackay that we used to go to. Was it just down the main street? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good fun. We used to... Um, yeah, it was a big trek in, but Willowbank, when we were a bit older, we used to go to Willowbank as well. Uh, Dad still, I think, goes to Willowbank. So, yeah, it's good fun, Jags. Amazing. Not for everyone, but good fun. No, terrific. Obviously, last year was all about the TCR Australia program, but the other really event of profile that Honda did was having the Civic at Mount Panorama with this guy called Jensen Button. I don't know if anyone's um, really mm. heard of him. A great Honda <laughs> ambassador uh, mm. and former Formula One world champion as yeah. well. But tell us a yeah. little bit about how that came together and what that was like. Ah, uh, Yeah, that was a big one. We had watched um, the European guys do some what they called Type R Challenge uh, at some of the best tracks in the world around Europe. So... And they had different drivers do each track. So they had five tracks and, uh, you know, they ran one at Spa and they, they did Magni Core and all these amazing tracks. And we just sort of looked at it over here and thought, oh, God, that's so good. How could we make it work here? And, you know, it's what's the best ideas always start over a beer, don't they? So I think it was a Friday afternoon and we were like, surely we could have a crack at doing it here. And, and you know, you go down the path and you think, well, if you're going to do it here, you'd, you'd only do it once and you'd do it at the best track in, in the country. Surely Winton. you'd do it at Bathurst <laughs> or Winton or Winton. Um, yeah, and, and it just sort of grew. And, you know, at Honda, we like to to have a go at something. So we, we really just thought it might uh, have a, a few legs, but we didn't know it would go fully all the way. And, and yeah, when we looked into Bathurst and we realised that was a challenge to take that track on but yeah we, we managed to pull it off and then when we went to Jensen I thought oh this is gonna this is gonna be a challenge but uh we'll see how we go and yeah the the great man decided to come all the way out here and he was just brilliant to work with brilliant like just a really class act and uh drove the car incredibly smoothly and very fast I, I don't think I exhaled the whole day um <laughs> 
I was pretty stressed about it, but um, it turned out really well and it was great and he set a brilliant time and that's ours to keep as long as we can until someone else decides to have a crack and do it themselves, which would you know, be fun for the industry, but good luck to you with the logistics side. So, yeah. uh, I, I was actually lucky enough to be there on that day, Grant, and meet Jensen and see how stressed mm. Naomi was. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, later during the year, um, I learned a new phrase from Naomi, and it's called cicadering. Uh, <laughs> did you want to man, did you want to tell us what that means? Oh, this was part of the "Don't Stitch Me Up" conversation, Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, cicadering. This is what I've learned, Grant. So when things aren't going so well, uh, everyone starts oh, sort of uh, getting a little flustered. And starts uh, <laughs> flapping their wings, I guess, like a cicada. Hang on, no, ah, you, is that right? You, you, this is all all manner of wrong. Okay, so, why? Firstly, Victorians, why you call them cicadas is beyond me. It's a cicada. That's clearly how you say this animal's name. It's I thought I thought you just put like a Japanese spin on it. <laughs> Queenslanders, we call them cicadas. Yeah, I'm from New South <laughs> Wales, and they're definitely cicadas, what? and they make definitely a hell of a cicadas. noise as well. Whatever. That's right, but they only make their noise from their little legs moving little legs. very okay. fast. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah, when we get a little bit frantic and frazzled and you're trying to do things fast, you, you can see someone cicadering because their legs are going. You're, you're trying to do it really fast. So, so it was, uh, <laughs> yes, I've been cicadering on a few times. <laughs> I've seen quite a few during the year, especially Justin as well. He's very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did oh want to mention God. a little, like a really quick story about the Bathurst event, which was really, really cool to have Jensen there. We had the track to ourselves all day and mm. I was there working with Marty Doxy from uh, Race Solutions, uh, just basically helping with the day. But uh, at one stage there, we had to do some filming and my job was to drive the, the car behind Jensen and try and get some shots. So we go out on the track and we said to, say to Jensen, look, we're just going to follow you around so take your race line but just take the edge off it a little bit you know like we're going to try and catch up to you and then drop back and then come beside you and whatever honestly i couldn't keep up i could not keep up so if he was doing 80 percent, i was absolutely flat out and we end up having to get on the radio and ask jensen to slow down <laughs> which is a little bit embarrassing because uh, you know he, he's not meant to know the circuit and i've done like a million laps around there and i'm telling him to slow down uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he's sort of like 80% was my like 120%. So <laughs> <laughs> we had to tell him to slow down a little bit so we get some of those tracking shots. But it was a magnificent day. We had some weather maybe coming in at the time, which added to the stress levels. So we had to really work uh, quite quickly, especially early in the morning, to get some of the stuff done just in case uh, the weather turns. So it was quite stressful at the time. But it all turned out fantastic, and it was a – a great initiative by Honda to uh, to take on that because it would have been a huge expense and uh, quite a risky one as well if things didn't pan out. But uh, uh, one thing I have learned is Honda, they don't have a huge budget, but they are mm. very ambitious. So, mm. And that's probably a credit to yourself and, and Justin trying to manage some of those uh, projects. Hang yeah, we, we, we definitely don't have... Um some of the budgets that other brands have to play with, but we have a lot of tenacity and we'll like, if we think something's good, we'll, we'll have a good solid crack at it. Um, having a go, but it was, that was good fun. That was a really good fun. The other one that we did last year was our 50th Honda Australia's 50th birthday last year. So 
we um I think one of the last times I actually saw you, Tony, we were wrapping a, a gold lawnmower around a a, a fence to yeah, hold it Geelong. in place. Yeah, that, that was a fun weekend, actually. The Geelong Revival. I was lucky enough mm. to be driving down the uh, quarter mile in the NSX all weekend. Yeah, that, that was, was a good great one. event. So you had a big yeah. year last year. No wonder it was such a struggle to get uh, money to go TCR racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a good year last year. It was good fun, really good fun. I actually did a mechanics course last year on top of all the madness as well. You're kidding. So if, no, so if you need a, a little uh, wall oh, racing sidekick, oh, here I, need, I am. I do need to cut my budget down a little bit. So if, if we could wrap <laughs> that into the sponsorship as well, that'd be great. Yeah, so I started my driving career in a Datsun 200B. What a piece of machinery that thing was. <laughs> and um, I just decided I needed to upskill and, and things have changed since the old Datsun. But uh, yeah, no, it was good fun. Really good fun. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for joining us on parked up just before we let you go uh yeah. we're gonna get racing real soon what does honda have in store for the rest of 2020 in the in the in the road car and in the race car front oh in the road car front we've got some updates coming to our crv so uh that's our medium suv um so crv will have some uh, some updates coming to it uh, later on in the year and actually so will the Civic Type R. So that's exciting. And we've got a very special limited edition Type R coming next year as well. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's Honda is making some changes to the way we do business next year onwards. So uh, we are committed to this country, our customers here, and we're going to make it a wonderful experience um, all around. So exciting times for the brand ahead. Well, we love the brand. We love the fact that you're involved in TCR Australia and, and supporting our friend Tony D'Alberto and Naomi, Public Relations Manager for Honda Australia. We thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Naomi. Well, great to talk to Naomi. Geez, that conversation went, uh, took us all over the country. We went from central Queensland to Mount Panorama and uh, all sorts of places. So good, great to talk to her. She's obviously played a huge role in securing the support of Honda for your program for wall racing and for in in tcr so uh great to have her support and and see the vision that we're all working towards yeah and uh, as we sort of touched on there it was very much toe in the water last year we needed to earn our stripes with honda and that's what tcr and arg have done now and to get honda back on board for a second year i think is a big feather in the cap of what uh you know arg are trying to achieve with manufacturers and especially with a company that is quite conservative. So, uh, yeah, very thankful for Naomi's support and work behind the scenes. And I thought it was just really important to get Naomi on the show because, you know, we're talking to females today and it's not always uh, race drivers that make a big influence on the sport. So Naomi has worked really hard behind the scenes there to convince her bosses that TCR is a, a really uh, exciting way to go for the business and to show off the Honda Civic Type R. So I'm excited to get back racing now, speaking of Naomi. She's uh, obviously parked up as well, but everybody has sort of put in so much effort into 2020. And it's just, uh, as, we say, as we said, parked up. Yeah, we're falling flat. But anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. And let's move on to our last guest for today, 
someone who needs absolutely no introduction. This lady has been hanging around the sport for a long time and has won national championships, has competed at the front, has raced and beaten the best. Uh, her name is Leanne Tander, and we're going to talk to her right now. Press the button, Tony. All righty. And on the line, we have one of Australia's best female racers ever to grace the racetracks. Her name is Leanne Tander. She's joined us on Parked Up. Leanne, how are you going? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on Parked Up. Uh, we're living in a crazy, crazy world and uh, we're not at the racetrack, which is a real shame. Tell us a little bit about your coronavirus story and, and how it's affected your world. Yeah, well, obviously things are, are very different now. We don't get to go off to the racetrack. Um, I think the biggest thing for me and Garth is that we have our whole careers lived, one of us going somewhere and the other one being home and vice versa. And, and now we're both home all the time, every day, together. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, so, so tell us about that. No, it's going pretty well. I am still actually going out to work because I've got a real job now. Um, I'm a provisional psychologist, so I work three days a week out of the house. And while I'm out at work, Garth is in charge of the homeschooling and um, dealing with all that side of things. So for me, it's not too bad. Like I get to go out a couple of days a week, but I do feel for Garth, he's here, you know, seven days a week with the kids um, and not much to escape to, no racing or, or anything. So I know he's very, very thankful for the e-racing series. <laughs> yeah, he has been spending quite a bit of time on the sim. He's been testing and spending as many hours as he can getting ready for it. We're going pretty good though. I, I reckon, uh, you know, considering Garth probably hasn't used a sim as much in his career like some of the younger drivers. He's got a win in the championship and he's been right up the front. So he's obviously adapted, not too bad. Yeah, look, he it, that's what he's like. Um, whatever he drives, whether it's real or computer, he seems to just, you know, pick it up pretty quickly. Um, he, he doesn't do much driving on it actually until this year we don't have a sim and we're very old school so mm. we haven't spent much time in them at all and even now he doesn't get a lot of time to go testing because he's you know responsible for the kids three days a week principal and he can't tender. be dragging them yes principal tander um so i i'm impressed i thought he might struggle more than he has so i've been i've been very very impressed though i did tell him last night i, I was watching last night so i think he went a bit late Went a bit deep into the corner and uh, <laughs> ripped his wheels off. So that's, that's open wheelers for you. He's probably forgotten that well, that happens with open wheelers. Look, t today isn't to chat about Garth. Let's get back on to Leanne. You know, you've got a lot more experience in a Formula 3 car than what he has. So maybe you should be doing the online racing. Yeah, he did suggest that. He said, Garth said, oh, the F3, you know, we're driving F3s next week. Maybe you should have a go i am shocking at be worse sim than racing. me it cannot be worse no tony maybe you and i should have a race to see who's actually the worst because actually, i be would put money on it that i i can't <laughs> do a lap I, like when i was doing the formula ford a couple of years ago and i was racing with sonic um mick ritter was trying to get me in the sim because they have one and he's like just you know get in there just do a few laps before each round and after about two and a half laps, that would take me half an hour, by the way, um, I would be swearing and ready to throw things. And it's, yeah, I, I 
struggle massively. <laughs> I, I've got a similar story actually. When uh, I got my sim up and running recently, and Oscar was watching me drive around Bathurst, and I'll probably pick one of the hardest tracks to start with. But there was a point there where he asked me if this track had a finish line. Like that's how <laughs> bad I was going. <laughs> that was about an hour into it, and I'm like, yeah, mate. Um, I just haven't got there yet. So it is really tricky. And, you know, you'd know just as well as anybody, you know, when you're driving on the racetrack, you're using different sensors to feel what the car's doing. When you jump on a sim, you don't have any of those uh, those indicators going off to tell you what to do next. So it's, it's like retraining the brain. Yeah, exactly. And that was that's where I struggle. You know, you've, got, you've got no feedback from the car. Mm. You can't tell, am I jumping on the brakes? hard enough or too hard or what's going on and then suddenly you're in the wall because you've apparently locked up mm. but you're like i didn't feel that i didn't know i couldn't you know adjust for it yep. so um yeah it's it's really tricky i mean i think a lot of people maybe don't take the sim racing very seriously um but i i definitely admire all the guys out there who are who are racing it and doing reasonably well because i yeah i definitely can't do it so hats off to them <laughs> Now, let's rewind the clock a little bit. The first time I actually met you was at a go-kart track many, many years ago. You were parked up next to Jamie Winkup, uh, or pitted next to, I should say. I think it was at Oran Park, and I'm a couple of years younger than what you are, so you're in, you're in a different category. But I remember at the time, you were one of the, the best carters in the country at that time there, and uh, you know, kicking the guy's ass, really. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, you achieved a lot in karting, Formula 4 champion, which I remember watching that as a young bloke as well, thinking, who is this girl? And, and back then, obviously, uh, known as Leanne Ferrier, not Leanne Tander. Um, good job, good memory. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> what uh, did you do, your research? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> He's not looking at a Wikipedia page at all. <laughs> of course not. No, no, no. So Formula 4 champion, runner-up in F3 a couple of times as well. You've raced supercars, you've raced everything. So your career in its own right, uh, you know, let's not talk about Garth for a second, you have achieved a lot. Did you ever think that, you know, when you started in karting, that's where you wanted to go? You wanted to be a professional racing driver? Look, to be honest, not when I st initially started because I had been doing gymnastics before that and it was pretty full on. Like when I was doing gymnastics, I was training um, six days a week mm -hmm. and, you know, I was only a kid. So that was really full on. And then I, I kind of burnt out at the ripe old age of 12 and decided I needed to just do something for fun. And my sister was racing carts and my dad was racing cars. And so it was just something like, okay, let's just do this because I can just do it on the weekend and then not worry about it. Um, but I've always been super competitive. So as soon as I won my first race, that was it. It's like, right, that's I'm going to win everything I can. Um, to be honest, and this is... This is just me, and I think probably a lot of sports people are the same. I I often don't recognise what I have mm. achieved. Like I feel it because it's not what I set out to achieve. I obviously set out to become a professional racer. I wanted to race in the supercars and actually, you know, have a go at being at the front in that category, which was, you know, that's fairly high, fairly high ambitions really because there's only, what, 20 spots really that you can uh, aim for and everybody in the country is kind of aiming for them. But that for me was what I wanted. So to not get that, I guess sometimes I look back and think, oh, I didn't really do what I'd set out to do. Um, but, you know, then I also have to 
sometimes stop myself and just go, no, but look at what I have actually mm. achieved. And I'm For very sure. fortunate to have done what I have done and raced in, like you say, so many categories. Um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing, and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't change it. Yeah, and not just compete in these categories. You've won championships. You've taken it to the best blokes in the world and in Australia as well. So uh, it's been a real credit to yourself. But what I wanted to know is, you know, Garth and I have a really uh, funny sort of relationship. Uh, <laughs> we've known each other for a long time. It goes back to when we were training together with Anthony Clarica and you were there as well training. Yep. So we'd see each other every day. But um, does Garth, is Garth the same sort of bloke as he is at the racetrack? I mean, the way he treated you at Phillip Island last year and took you out of the TCR race, does he <laughs> is he that aggressive at home as well? Like, I thought that was just out of line. <laughs> oh, you're trying to stir shit here, Tony. Um, no, look, we, we've agreed to see that as you know, a racing incident. Um, How look, can it be a are... racing incident when he was behind you at the time? He... Yeah, well, I think there was some contact with another car. So I don't think it was a deliberate, like, let's take Leanne out. You're being too like, kind So whatever else, yeah. Do you I know how you could have, cause... you could have, like, you know, made him do the dishes for a month or something because of that? <laughs> no, we've got a dishwasher, so it's all good. We don't need to worry yeah, about no. that kind of thing. <laughs> no, he's he is different. I think... Um, his intensity at the racetrack previously uh, is often mistaken for, um, you know, arrogance and, and all that, which, look, most sports people who are good have a certain amount of arrogance anyway. Um, but he is, he's actually very quiet at home and um, he does get aggressive if we play Monopoly. So <laughs> Monopoly's been banned from the house. But, um, <laughs> and air hockey was, is the other one that we used to have um, some big battles in air hockey and stuff when we were younger. So... Look, anything competitive in our house becomes it, it becomes a competition. There's there's no denying it. Um, and yeah, surprisingly, um, our children are kind of the same. Uh oh. This, yeah. This sounds like so this sounds like an expensive next few years. Uh, we know that uh, Sebastian has been at the go kart track of late. You guys surely know that that is going to be an expensive next fifteen years of your life. I know that's the thing. You kind of like, oh, do you do it? Do you not? But unfortunately, you almost have no choice because that's what our children have grown up around, and that's just what they. It was almost not an expectation, but they they just naturally, I guess, were, were asking, well, when can we drive? When can we go race? When can we do these things? So it was kind of happened without, you know, without us pushing them into it. It's just something that they are naturally drawn to. Um, I think as they get older and have more exposure to other aspects of life I'm kind of hoping that they find something else that they're really passionate about and pursue that instead um, but either way you know some of my best memories of the sport are when I was and you go go-karting with your dad and you know often mum would be there too and, and so it's a whole family affair you're there at at the go-kart track all weekend with your family as a teenager there's not many other sports where you spend your whole weekend um, with your family when you're a teenager and and you've got great friends and you spend the whole weekend running off with the friends and coming back and spending time with your mum. It's just a, an amazing time to look back on. So I guess if it, if it ends up we get to do that with our kids, I think we'll be really lucky. Um, what go-karting does provide for the families, um, just all those really special memories and all that, that time together. So, yeah, it wouldn't be that bad if we end up there. 
Well, great. Well, we look forward to seeing if that's uh, if that is the path that uh, one or both of your youngsters take. Uh, so, tell us, how much does the the desire still burn for yourself to be in a race car? We saw you in in selected rounds of the TCR Australia Series last year. You'd uh, you'd said quite openly that you'd like to to do it again. We're kind of all grounded at the moment, but um, is that still on the radar? Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. Look, I think with racing, it never leaves your system. You've only got to look at people like Jim Richards, who's <laughs> who race as long as they possibly can to know that once once you've got that motorsport bug, it's really hard to get rid of it. So for me, um, even though I guess it's different now uh, for me, and that's, and that's probably where I'm trying to find the balance that can I just go for a race one weekend and leave it at that or and for me, that's really hard. I've still got that expectation that I, I need to try and do the best that I can. So then if I don't do super well and I'm not at the front, then I get really annoyed. And then I think, well, hang on, am I still enjoying this? Or So it's actually very complicated at the moment, but I do want to go racing again. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully I will get that opportunity. But um, we'll see what happens when once the world starts returning again. Can, let's let's hopefully make that happen as soon as possible. As much as I like sitting here with Tony doing these uh, this parked up thing, uh, it would be nice to just get back to get back to normal world. We we certainly loved having you as part of the TCR Australia series, and we hope that um, you can you can be back out there. Uh, maybe not in so close to Garth down at Honda Corner. Um, during during a race, not not like that anyway. That that was certainly a a season highlight. Not for us, I must say, it wasn't one of our highlights. But you know, I'm glad we've been able to provide some entertainment for you and others. <laughs> we loved it, Leanne Tanda. Thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, and uh, we hope to see you at a racetrack real soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Leanne. So thanks to Leanne for joining us on Parked Up. Tony, there you go. Another three victims mm. in the can. Done. Yeah, that was a good episode there. Having a chat with uh, Molly, Naomi and Leanne, uh, sh- you know, sharing their side of motorsport. Uh, the thing that I was really impressed with was uh, how Leanne puts up with Garth and and uh, does it voluntarily. So uh, that's quite impressive. <laughs> But uh, quite challenging as well, listening uh, to you know their family life. You know they're dealing with having kids at home. They're trying to work. They're trying to run a household. Uh, keep play everything com- going. Play, play computer games. Play computer games as well. So, you know, life's probably uh, busier than what it once was. Or it's it's very different. Put it that way. And uh, uh, as I think Naomi said, they're probably going to respect teachers probably that little bit more because of the work they have to do with their kids all day. So uh, it's be- definitely been an eye-opener, but really good episode there. Showed a different side of the sport. You know, we've, we've spoken to a lot of guys in, in motorsport and racing drivers, and uh, it was nice to hear from the ladies today. Always is. It always is. Now, at the top of the show, we talked about a little prize we're going to yes. give away. This is... Uh, I don't know if we've come up with a name for the prize, but I think it's going to go something along the lines of stuff we don't need but you want. You know, I reckon this is just Do you like, reckon that's a good name for it? It's not bad, but I think this is just a way for you to get rid of some of your stuff and get back on the good side of deer. Yes, my uh, beautiful wife um, is not much of a hoarder and opposites attract for sure. <laughs> and uh, I like to collect things or not maybe not collect it, but... 
uh, if I see something that I think is cool, then I'll just bring it home with me. Yep. And um, I just, for whatever reason, end up with a lot of that stuff uh, lurking around. But uh, the thing with deer is that if it stays in, if it doesn't, if it sits in the house and isn't moved, mm. then it gets it gets chucked away. out. Yep. So how I haven't been put out in hard rubbish <laughs> at some point, I have I, no idea. I tell you one thing that I have a lot of at home is hats. Heaps right. of hats, different manufacturers that I've worked for, different race teams or race for, just casual hats. I've literally got a cupboard just for hats. So hats. have you got heaps of hats too? I've got a few hats, but mm. you're I'm not, not a hat you, guy. I'm not a much of a hat guy. I, I don't do know have why beautiful, though, because I've got beautiful hair. Yeah, so the people say. need to see the hair. You need a haircut at the moment, though. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, they say that we shouldn't go get a haircut. Um, no, no I, I am probably the one who should wear um, a hat the most and glasses. Yeah, I've, I've, I've only got, I've got two <laughs> anyway, pairs of glasses. I've got backups. We're well, getting what, off track. What we're going to do is we're going to um, raid our cupboards mm-hmm. and just find some stuff that's in good working order. We're not going to uh, give away any trash. Um, but we'll, we'll So give, how do they win this? Well, what, what, what we're going to do is you'll go on to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast. We'll put a photo of the the gifts that we're giving away yep. some of the some of our trash your treasure tra- tr- trash yeah, or treasure yeah, is yeah, that perfect um, that's okay parked up trash pa- or treasure perfect done so for our very first one um we have two stubby holders and a belt so a very special stubby holder though one of them super special one of them special for tony it's a djr team penske stubby holder it's got uh, fabian looking pretty pumped there and scotty mack He's also uh, pretty excited. He said, "Well, Scotty Max got the one, the one, one arm up, yep. and and Fabian's like super pumped. He's got two arms up." Yeah, yeah. So both uh, celebrating after probably winning the Mustang. There you go. And uh, the other one is a Castrol Edge uh, stubby holder as well. So uh, Castrol has been a, a great supporter of mine, just personally over the last few years. Just um, not supporter in I do heaps of work for them. But uh, Sue Dilger, who yeah. has been a big part of their marketing and sponsorship team, I've always got along super well with and uh, ever feeling down at a racetrack, uh, go see Sue. She'll, uh, she'll sort you out with a nice, uh, nice cuddle and a, uh, a, a bit of a pep talk. That she's, uh, uh, she's, she's very a great good. lady. She is very good at that. And the other thing I have is something that's really cool. It's actually quite, uh, uh, quite personal, I guess. It's a, a belt. It's a Nissan Nismo belt. Now, Todd, when I worked for the Kelly team uh, for three years uh, and has still done a little bit of on and off stuff for them uh, recently. But yeah, you realise they're Mustang now. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't, okay. I don't care. Right, I have okay. no cool. allegiances to any brand. I'm very neutral. Okay. Very okay. neutral. But uh, when I worked for the Kellys while they were with uh, Nissan, uh, they had these belts, which I guess remind remind you a little bit of a, uh, a seatbelt for on an aeroplane. Yes. Um, so they're they're quite cool. It's Brand- actually really cool. It's got the Nissan embossed in the buckle there as well. Yeah. So that for you know for a collector or a fan of Nissan and Nismo, that's something to get your hands on. Or someone who just needs their pants held up <laughs> around their waist. Super super handy. So. We're going to take a photo of this mm-hmm. and you're going to see it on Facebook. And all we want you to do is just mention why you need our trash yep. for your treasure. Perfect. So what would you write in the Facebook post to, to, to secure this mm. in your house? Mm. What would you write? 
because we've got a new baby, uh, little Hugh, who's uh, I think about four months old now. I should know that. Uh, he's uh, obviously has lots of bottles during the day, and I need the stubby holder to put the baby bottle in. All right, is that a good enough reason? I'd usually use a stubby holder for something else. It also includes a bottle, but yes. um, well, I, see, I see where you I see where you're going with it. I probably drink a little bit more beer than you do, so definitely, definitely. So, I'm a bit more responsible than you too. <laughs> I, I don't know about yeah. No, you're right. So uh, anyway, this is it. Uh, our trash, your treasure, and uh, we'll we'll come up with some even cooler things as time goes on. But this is our pilot. Pilot edition. Let's see if we can give this away. And if you if you do get it, then we'll give you a shout out in the next episode, and yep. um, and then we'll uh, post it out to you, and uh, you can tell all your mates how cool you are. Now, I did want to thank our listeners today because each episode we're getting more and more listeners. So that's awesome. I know it's gone. That's really it's gone cool. from three to four. It's a- no, come on, come on. It's going good. It's going. It's going good. pretty good. And thanks know, for your support, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. Some of the guests that we've had on have been awesome as well. Uh, some may be, you know, a little bit shy to start with to come onto a podcast, but uh, it's very relaxed, as you can see. Uh, but we do still want to hear from you, whether you've got somebody you really want to hear from uh, in this relaxed style. Okay, so we're not trying to find uh, news stories or, you know, get those hard-hitting questions or anything like that. We just want to know what you're up to during this hard time. So please get on the Facebook and let us know who you want to chat to within Motorsport, within our, our group that we can connect with and just sort of see, uh, see how they're travelling in this time. It's facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast. That's what you need to search for. My name is Grant Rowley. This is... Tony Delberto. And we are out. We'll see you next week. Or we're not going to see you. It's a podcast, isn't it? You'll hear from us next week. See ya.